received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Featuring Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Good afternoon, fight enthusiasts. Welcome to the UFC Austin, Texas version of Gamblu's Bout Business Podcast. As always, the first order of business is to pass on thanks again, maybe our most listened to episode last week. Thank you so much. Tell your friends. Now, getting into business, the macro picture is that we're 53 and 67 minus 2.93 units. I added a unit of negativity to the balance sheets last week by using Shevchenko inside the distance that really come out bad. But that's the way it is. Uh, We count everything up. And then when I looked at it, because I was a little discouraged, I, I take a look at a couple of things. Number one, last week, we went three and five minus 1.56 units with the Shevchenko loss. But with favorites running, seven wins, two losses, a tie. Fight enthusiasts, here's one thing we can all bank on. I'm going to try and present us with positive-priced fighters. When favorites go 7-2-1, and one, and we can end up losing one, one-and-a-half unit, I'm not going to be discouraged at that, especially since we can make up two, three units in very little time. Now, we're not going to try and do it in one fight or even one fight card, but the fact remains, we're down just a little. And if we keep devoted, keep simple, and keep directed to the due diligence I've done, we're going to come out of this thing. To date, in the UFC, favorites, 122, 64, and 3. That's 64.5%. That's about what they usually run. And we've got a slate for you today of five releases, and everyone is a plus price. This is what we do. We're going to persevere and find our way into positive profit by taking advantageous positions wherever we can and invest in them. So with that said, let's move straight into round one. Round one, we'll start with this. These fights are in Texas. The Texas Fight Commission is the most notoriously questionable fight commission of the 50 states. We need to know who the Texas fighters are. There's only two of them, Yanez and Holland, because we really don't want to be on the other side of those guys. Why? Because in the case of some kind of a decision, to me, it's going home cooking. So we need to be aware of that, and that will come up later in our discussion. There's a fight future also buried somewhere in these five rounds. Round one, we're going to start on the undercard, 
and we're looking at welterweights, Court McGee fighting Jeremiah Wells. Wells opens this fight, minus 140, Court McGee plus 120, uh, over under two and a half, uh, minus 185 to the over. Okay, McGee, two inches taller, surely has an experience advantage, and he has a slight reach advantage. However, the grinder, Court McGee, is really a unrelenting pressure grappling wrestler type of a fighter. He's not going to wow you with quickness, speed, footwork, or any kind of striking ability. At 37 years old, I have nothing but respect for this guy. He went sober some years ago and is a model of a great guy. That said, this is a fight. He's 37 and the kid he's fighting, yeah, he's going to be a little smaller, but he's two years younger. And if you want to talk about athletes being explosive, gregarious, great footwork, and powerful, that's Jeremiah Wells. Wells has won a couple fights coming into this one, and I think, quite honestly, he is going to outspeed, out quick, and really outpower Court McGee in the early rounds. Now, here's the key to this fight. McGee is the tortoise in the hare. He's the tortoise. McGee wants to get this to the third round because they think Wells will be tired. I think Wells is ready for this challenge, and if it does get to the third round. I think Wells will have built a lead and we hope that he can maintain his output because I really believe he's the better fighter here, the younger fighter and the one with more UFC future, unfortunately. I released him on Twitter this morning, plus 105. That's probably plus 100 by the time you're listening to this. But look, he opened minus 140. We got him this morning, plus 105. Even any price under minus 140, I would say any price under minus 120, Wells is a go. I think he's the man for the fight. Round one, Jeremiah Wells has released earlier today on Twitter, plus 105. Now let's roll right into round two. For round two and the rest of the fights, we're going to the main card. We're going to go with fighters that I know and study and feelings that I think. And here's how we're going to start round two right up there with the middleweights. Gregory Rodrigues from Brazil is going to take on the Cuban Missile Crisis. Julian Marquez fights out of Glory MMA in Kansas City, one of James Krause's fighters. Physically, Rodrigues is an inch taller. He's two years younger, got a three-inch reach advantage. Rodrigues, Robocop, looks like that. He has speed and power early, and then late, he has power. But he tends to be straight up and down as a striker. He's much slower and more deliberate of a striker, but he is well-rounded and does have a ground game. He averages 2.6 takedowns per 15. That's going to be important here. Uh, Marquez on the other side, uh, he strikes at a 4.20 significant strikes a minute, only receives 3.1. That's positive and good. For Gregory, he outputs 5.2. They're telegraphed, they're haymakers, and Marquez should see him coming. Rodrigues, 5.2 strikes significant strikes a minute out, but he receives six. So he gets hit. Marquez is going to be the faster, quicker guy. 
And really my concern with him would be Rodrigues getting stung, then taking him down. But Julian Marquez has a win against Phil Haas, a, a really unrelenting wrestler that's on this card. Marquez trains in Vegas. He's at home for this fight. There's a lot of reasons to really like him. Boy, when I was writing this up, he was plus 165, 170. As I look across the board right now, I see plus 155s and plus 160s. Round two, Julian Marquez, plus 160. Hey, and before we get to round three, let's hear about some great last-minute ideas for Father's Day from our partners at Manscaped. This episode of the Bout Business MMA podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking like daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Inside this package, you'll find Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, and Performance Boxer Briefs, plus a travel bag to hold his good. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code 20LU. Support the Bout Business MMA podcast and get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code 20LU. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. Just a note before we get to round three. For my fight lines, I go to the VSIN page where I can scan all the Las Vegas hotels as well. I have a DraftKings account here in Phoenix, and so I'm able to look at those resources as well. I take the best price I could possibly get. Usually if I release a dog and it goes up a nickel by the time the fight goes off, I'm going to give myself credit for that. That's just a footnote that I want to make. Round number three. This fight is going to be the best fight on the card, in my opinion. We're going to the lightweight division where we have Demir Ismagulov from Kazakhstan fighting Guram Kutadlaze, a Georgian Russian, fighting out of Sweden. That makes sense because he's a training partner, Kazmat Chimeyev. That doesn't mean he is Chimeyev. But that means he's probably seen some grappling and some long days at the gym, if you know what I mean. These two lightweights come both kind of off a little bit of inactivity. That said, in his past, Ismagulov's beaten Thiago Moises' Joel Alvarez. Those are huge wins. That said, Kutadlaze, in his last fight, beat Martuz Gamrat who's fighting next week. He's the 12th ranked currently lightweight in the division. These two guys are killers. They're both top 15 talent in the division, and the winner of this is surely jettisoned into the top 15, no doubt about it. Is Magulov's maybe the slicker guy? He might be a little bit more well-rounded as well. He's also a little slighter. Kutatalaze is an inch taller, a year younger, two-inch reach advantage. He'll be the larger structured man in there. Though Ismagulov, striking-wise, no power really. Tip-tap, tip-tap. But he'll do some volume-type point accumulation. He's really deft and wants to take this fight onto the floor. That said, I think he's got a guy in Kutatalaze that not only can compete with him on the floor, and I'll give 
Kutatalaze the fact that he'll be slightly overmatched on the floor. I think he wants to keep this up. Not only has Ismagulov been stung in prior fights, Kutatalaze's got some serious power. This is going to be a really excellent, violent fight. Ismagulov opens minus 165 to Kutatalaze plus 140. That's crept up just a little bit. The over-under, 2.5 minus 240 to the over. Now, that that screams, you know, ugly slow dance decision. And if that's what it is, I'll take it. I really think Kutatalaze is in a good spot in this fight. Number one, his size. Number two, the fact that they've both been off a while working. We know where Kutatalaze has been working. And Ismagulov, though he made weight today, his last fight, he missed weight, caused him to cancel a fight. So... I really think that the mojos with Kutatalaze, I'm getting a plus price on them, and that's where we're going round three. Kutatalaze plus 140. Before we get into round four, we have a fight card next week, UFC Fight Night 212, June 25th. And on that card, there is a fight that was just released, and so we're getting openers here, at least according to DraftKings. Our fight, is in the bantamweight division. And we'll go down in the card, just released Mario Bautista, minus 155. He fights Brian Kelleher, plus 135. We will take Mario Bautista, minus 155, a full 155 to win one unit. We'll do a complete breakdown next week. I believe that price will creep up at least a dime, maybe 15 cents. Mario has very favorable statistics and ad physical advantage in this fight, and I think it's a good position for him. So with that released, let's move now into round four. In round four, I think this is the firefight of the night. At middleweight, 185-pound guys, stylistically a beautiful matchup. In one corner, I got... A guy, Joaquin Buckley, and I don't want to minimize his mixed martial art talents, but Buckley's from the streets, and Buckley's a striker. He ain't going to wow you with any wrestling. He's surely not a submission guy. He has none on his record. But he's mean. He's willing. He's lightning quick, lightning bolt powerful. And I'm telling you what, not only can he hit, he gets hit. On the other side of the corner, a guy from around the world, Russian Duryev, Albert Duryev. Now, he has a win on his record, his UFC debut, actually. Kapilov, last fight out. He looks slow, sluggish, nervous. You might expect that. However, Duryev's the larger man. And though he'll have a slight reach disadvantage, and Buckley's a lefty as well, Buckley, six years younger, I think when I look at this fight, I see Duryev, a polished mixed martial artist that can strike but has a world-class sambo grappling background. This man is a well-rounded mixed martial artist. And I think this is an example where he's in a fight with a guy that is not a well-rounded mixed martial artist. Joaquin Buckley's a tough striker. I think Buckley is made for Durev. Albert Durev 
Opens minus 200, Buckley plus 170. Over under in this fight, one and a half over minus 150. Interesting to note, of all the fights, there's only one, one and a half over under, and it's on this fight. That's telling. I think Duryev has too many tools for Buckley, and once he gets him down on the ground, oh, by the way, Joaquin Buckley's shown 40% takedown defense in his previous fights. He hasn't fought a Sambo wrestler grappler yet. Yeah, this is one-sided. And round four, Albert Duryev, inside the distance, plus 130, is round four's release. Duryev inside the distance, plus 130. Now for the final round, round five. Round five, a little parlay. We're going to have some fun with the parlay, and we're going to go right to Texas, the heart of Texas, where we have Kevin Holland fighting out of Fort Worth, taking on Tim Means. Means is an OG. Uh, he's been around. His, let's look at this fight record, 32-12-1. and one. Means used to be in the taller guy. He's used to walking his opponents down. He enters his fight, winning his last three. That said, Holland's going to be the guy that's going to be an inch taller, nine years younger, six-inch reach advantage. Surely with that youth comes footwork, as we know with Holland. He's deft on his feet. He's athletic. He moves well. And the key that he's dropped from 185 to 170 to compete here makes him the bigger, larger bully man. And in this shape and form, one that's athletic and can move and manage distance, this dude's a problem. And that's why he opens 235 to means plus 190. Two and a half rounds over minus 130. I think that's a decent reflection because I don't want to undersell means. I would lean to this fight goes to a decision, but Holland's a mean dude. And means at 37 years old now is 38 years old. Let me correct myself is, is just not what he used to be, though he's willing and he's going to bring this fight. Holland's now minus 280. We're going to take him as leg one into a parlay that involves the main event, Calvin Cater minus 230 against Josh Emmett plus 190. All the analytics guys that read the market and chase the numbers, they're all over Emmett. And Emmett could win. He's got dynamic power. He has an excellent wrestling base, comes from Team Alpha Male. That said, he's been cursed by injury and the injury manifesting itself in inactivity. The guy's tough as leather. He can cut the cage great. He's going to come ready because he's hungry and wants to fight. He's pet up, and he's got power, and he's got a right hand knock a building down, and yet he's knocked guys out with his left hook as well. This guy is power and pressure. Cater on the other side, four inches taller, three years younger, two-inch reach advantage. He's been active over the last few years when, unfortunately, Emmett's had to repair and recover. And Cater's been active against world-class opponents, beating Chikadze in his last paint in his fence, actually. Listen, Cater's footwork, his size, the size of the cage, his deft ability to move, stick, counter, I think Emmett's made for him, provided Cater doesn't get stung and stand flat-footed. As well, 
I think we're going to have to see Emmett do some wrestling in order for him to have any chance to win. And if he does get Cater down, can he keep him down? And if he does get Cater down, can he do damage when he's down? We've seen the judging in the UFC, and I've mentioned Texas judges. We've seen that you can get a man down and hold him down. You're not going to get points unless you do damage. Round five, Kevin Holland minus 280 teamed with Calvin Cater, minus 230. That's a minus 105 proposition. So one unit brings you back 0.95 of a unit. That's how we'll do it. There's five rounds of action. Four of the five plus price. The other one's darn near a pick. And then we have a favorite for next week's event. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start to get ourselves rolling as the heat in Phoenix of June persists. That's how our UFC results are going to be this summer. Stay with us. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. That's it. That is it. Unbelievable. That was insane. You've been locked into Gamblu's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind-the-scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Oh! the best sports betting podcast on the board look no further than greenrollmedia.com each and every weekend greenroll's covering the nfl college football and mma better than anyone bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in las vegas that's greenrollmedia.com greenrollmedia.com home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network this episode of the Bout Business MMA Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking like daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Inside this package, you'll find Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner and Performance Boxer Briefs. Plus a travel bag to hold his goodies. Get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping today at manscaped.com with the promo code 20LU. Support the Bout Business MMA podcast and get 20% off site-wide plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code 20LU. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you.